Welcome back, and today I have Brandon on Hello. with me. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for a few years. But today we are talking about body image and social media and all that lot. But first, I feel like we should get to know you a little bit more because we can get yeah, to know me in idea. another episode. So yes, I'm Brandon. I'm one of Dave's closest friends. I've studied counselling finance, and yeah, that's pretty much who we've got to know about me. Yeah, quite <laughs> boring person. Uh, how are you enjoying uh, finance? Because a lot of people find it quite boring, don't they? Yeah. That's a stereotype, yeah. but I feel like people who actually study finance study it because they enjoy it, or like yeah, numbers. Yeah. yeah, it's also quite handy to know somebody who does do finance, because in the future I can get somebody to fill Sorry. all my books for me. I mean, like, um, yeah. for, for legal reasons, that is a joke. And on that reference, you do own a meme account, don't you? I do. Uh, I mean, I have two um, accounts, but I'm starting to use my other one again now. Yeah, I, I have noticed that. You're getting about the same amount of likes as you did, isn't it? It's, I think it's gone down to between 500 to 1500, just quite good but my other yeah. account was doing better but okay well, I don't really focus as much on it anymore it is a bit weird because there isn't such a thing as shadow banning per se it's more the fact that yeah. they just don't put your post on any of the hashtags and they don't send it out to as many people as before and it's nothing to do with the person sitting there going I'm gonna shadow ban this person. Yeah, apparently it's an automated like yeah. like, system. Because I've read somewhere that Instagram haven't actually admitted that shadow banning is an existing thing. Basically, yeah. it's because people have tested it out and shown how something would get promoted, so it yeah. just happened. But I've read somewhere that they're trying to like um, crack down hard on people for like meme accounts because those kind of accounts like tend to have edgy memes, which could not make the algorithm or not make the platform. I mean, look kind of a good place to yeah. be. Yeah, especially with a lot going on in the news. Uh, yeah, there was um. I can't remember her name, but bless her heart. She uh, committed suicide because a lot of things that were being said on social media were promoting, promoting, <laughs> promoting people committing suicide. I think I heard about yeah. something to do with that. I'm trying to think what it was. I think it was an Instagram post on someone's account. Yeah. And since then, we've kind of made sure, right, we need to actually look into this. Yeah, because the parents were getting really mad at social media for not doing anything, which on part it is social media's fault, but everybody takes a part of the responsibility and the actual events that happened. Definitely. And I think it is a terrible thing that needs to be combated, which is why I did start this podcast. Awesome. And that is a great introduction, I think. <laughs> because we've I've been struggling with this for a long term, haven't I, Brandon? Um, so... We've introduced you, yeah. so you're accountancy and finance, so obviously very expertised in this, so. uh, <laughs> much like me. Barely got through first year. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, same. I think uh, during the second half of the year I kind of dropped off exactly. a little bit. I started going home yeah. and meeting friends. Yeah, yeah. We met up pretty much every week, and you may, I may have uh, influenced you to miss some of your business lectures. Law. Yeah, business law. Still got two on that, to be fair. <laughs> that's, that's pretty impressive, to be honest. Well, I was actually shocked yeah. because I looked at the feedback, and you put a good point. And with the previous essay, she didn't put anything good, she just put all bad things. Really? Literally, everything was bad. Yeah. I was like, yeah. we recommend you actually get the referencing book. She actually used the word actually. <laughs> and I, oh, I did wow. have the referencing book, I used yeah. it. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. I always find it weird with the referencing book because I can never really find what I want yeah, to get. Yeah, it seems to be different in different contexts. So, like, yeah. find, like, obviously there's books, there's articles, there's like, yeah. talks and stuff. Like, and there, so there are certain articles on the internet that are kind of a cross between three different things. Yeah. But they all have completely different referencing systems. Yeah, you keep dancing to the screen, don't you? Because <laughs> you're like, yeah. we're being recorded. Yeah, I'm acting. Yeah. yeah. For those for those of you uh, who are listening to this, it is kind of hard at the start, so we're just going to be rambling on, which is very fitting for the name, rambling exactly. philosophers. And um, 
yeah, you just keep realizing that you're being recorded. So, I yeah. think it'd be worse if it was being filmed because like, you're gonna see me look at it. Yeah, pull <laughs> the camera. Out. It, that is a good point. It's a good thing that I don't really have that much money to buy fancy camera equipment because I spent money buying fancy audio equipment. Would you just need like a standard <laughs> camera or? Um, it would probably just be a standard camera yeah, if I, I ever get some it. Off, like eBay and Amazon, yeah. like fifty pounds upwards. I don't yeah. know, like what standard it would be. I, f- I feel for now, I'll probably just keep it yeah. as um. This. Let me just turn this screen on. Maybe that'll yeah, help a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, there are actually studies done that showed if you have a phone out, just not even if you were on it, just the presence of a phone yeah. or an <laughs> electronic device can affect the quality of the conversation that you have. I think that's true. Yeah, and so if you have it at a dinner table or anything like that, <laughs> it will affect the conversation you have because your eyes always tend to drift towards it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this dependency thing. I take my phone everywhere. I think I'm actually addicted yeah. to it. I can't cope without. We we actually uh, were talking the other day, me and Brandon, uh, me Brandon and I. Yes, that's the three of us. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the two personalities I have going on in my head one of them said that this podcast is a good idea and the other one is just constantly screaming but I'm really sorry about that <laughs> um, but we recently were talking about social media because when I started the Rambling Philosophers social media I did it as a massive big thing so I got them all out and done in one day and so the next day I was kind of on it the entire day yeah. The next day after that, yeah, it is my, yeah, it gets the more same, addictive when like you reach like a certain thing that you go down because you want to get up yeah. to that same peak again. Yeah, you I kind of end up looking at everybody else and how many followers they have, and yeah. you want to get to that point even though you've just started. So for me, it was different. It was not about comparing myself to always. It was comparing myself to my previous self. So like some of my posts got like fourteen thousand likes, and I was like, oh damn, I'm doing well. Yeah, and all of a sudden my post went down to fifteen hundred likes, and obviously that's still really good. People would aim like that amount of likes, but then seeing it go down makes you think that you were like what you're doing wrong, what's happening. Yeah, it does kind of make you feel like it's kind of like yeah. you get uh, almost viral tweet viral tweets. I've been very into Twitter, so Twitter's on my mind. <laughs> but um, you get viral posts on Instagram, which kind of get uh, about five times the amount of yeah. likes you usually get, and you think that that would end up continuing, but it doesn't. So, so like, think, uh, yeah, at one point. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting. That's um, alright. On my other account, I was getting, I, on my original account, I was getting five thousand likes a post, and like I was awesome. But then I got shadow banned, and then I went down yeah. to two hundred likes a post. Yeah, that was that was very odd. I do think that shadow banning, even though it, I mean, the concept of shadow banning, as we talked about, yeah. is a bit off with Instagram. But I think that after a certain amount of time, it should go back to normal. I think that's true to some extent because I noticed my original account that when I do post, I do get a thousand likes, which shows that it does get promoted, and also if it's visible in the tags now. But I don't think it gets promoted to the same extent it used to because I feel like the, yeah. the momentum's kind of stopped. So like it's going up and it crashes down, and you're trying to build momentum to go back up again to where it's harder. I think. Yeah, I think um, I was reading the algorithms going on and all that up because I'm a nerd and I love that, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it was saying how. The algorithm has changed so that those who interact with your posts will get to see them more. Yeah. And so it's not really down to Instagram over the fact that people aren't getting the same interaction with their posts as they used to. It's down to the fact that people aren't really going on Instagram as much or they're not liking things as much and yeah. they're not interacting with the posts that you have. Well, that the topic's less trending than it was. Yeah. But now 
we are actually going to get onto our main topic of today. Yeah, finally. Uh, we're going to be talking about how social media affects people's uh, self-image and whether this has been going on longer than um, social media, where it may have stemmed from, you know, how it affects us, any personal stories we may have. So let us get started on that. Right, nice. Nice. So what should we start off with? Oh my, we... we... <laughs> it's much harder to talk when you know there's a pressure of yeah. actually delivering points that are relevant to yeah. the topic of discussion. So, in my kind of years, I'm very passionate about this topic, okay. especially with mental health, because it is a major issue that tackles so many people. I think in Australia, and I know these facts because I was researching a uh, family friends of mine, um, they know this guy called Gus in um, Australia, and he's a radio host, very famous in Australia. Uh, I say very famous, he's very well known. Yeah. And uh, if you look up uh, Australia radio host Gus, uh, I think it's, I can't remember his last name, but I think it begins with a W. I was going Breaking um, Bad because the um, bad guy's called Gus. <laughs> oh, really? Because that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Ask Gus. I've, I've actually honestly never seen Breaking Bad. You should watch it, it's quite yeah. good. Um, but he started a foundation called Gotcha for Life, and it basically helps men with their mental health issues. Now, that's not excluding women. I would just yeah. like to point that out. But he's focused on men because it is an issue that we as guys don't often talk yeah. about. Because, media, because yeah. we feel like it's embarrassing to talk about personal yeah. stuff. I feel like, uh, well, personally, I don't really have that many issues talking about my feelings. I do find it a little bit awkward. It depends who you with. Yes. I think with uh, friend Gabriel, who will be on another podcast, yeah. I do talk a lot about with him. But people are generally raised in... A society it's been documented that men don't often share their feelings that much because they are supposed to be strong okay. and there for everybody else rather than themselves and i think it is a culture that does need to change a little because exactly. people should focus on themselves first look for their happiness and then help others through that because also, if you're not happy how are you going to make others happy exactly good point yeah. and also um, psychological studies have shown that people who are kind of more androgynous like more, rather than just masculine or feminine, yeah. have healthier lifestyles and it's yeah. healthier for the body. So, I do have a theory about that. Um, yeah. But first, I will. I don't know what I was saying before I started all of this. You're talking um, about your personal experience. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So with Gus, he started a foundation to help people. So I think it was about sixty-five thousand people in America males are depressed. And they often don't talk about it that much. So all the, the majority of suicides done by people with depression are males. So less men are depressed than women. Less men are depressed than women. That is a statistic. But less men get help, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah. less men get help and talk about their feelings. Where women have that emotional strength with each other. Men try and use their physical strength to get over it. But they don't realise that they have their own emotional strength. And I think at times... Um, I've been talking to some health professionals and psychologists and they do find that men have the capacity to have more uh, emotional strength with their feelings except they don't tap into it and I don't yeah. think they've ever learned how to tap into it so what his foundation does so I don't know where we left off but my dog just started barking at some people <laughs> outside because he likes to feel he's the protector of the house even though he's very cuddly and sweet and the front door was somehow magically opened, even though I locked it. Sweet. I, I, I remember closing it. Yeah, you, you did. It? You did close it because I locked it after you. 
<laughs> and I am very confused of why it's open, and I'm so glad the dog didn't run out. <laughs> okay, so I was talking about Gus and Hayes' foundation, and he helps men by... They have this partner system, so you meet up with somebody else who is in that foundation, and then you learn what that is to communicate with somebody else openly. You learn how to sort your feelings out in a way that gives you that emotional strength. And I think that's a very important thing to do. And I think in yeah. second year uni, I oh, yeah. might start up a society or something along sure. those lines to help guys. But I'm kind of hoping it doesn't get shut down. Are there any societies because, at the moment? But... Uh, no, there aren't any societies. And I do know that in a few other societies, they have been shut down because they're discriminatory. Because they deal with men. Oh, Which, yeah. um, I mean, I, I get it completely. Uh, you if do, you... you do men and women and then just kind of yeah. separate into separate groups. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it'll be alright because helping people with mental health issues is a very important thing. Um, okay, so those are the statistics I know. I know that uh, men, even though less of them are depressed, more of them commit suicide. And I feel like the less of them depressed is also down to the fact that nobody wants to go to the hospital to actually That's check true. themselves out. That is true. Yeah. I, I can even say myself, I've got like, I've got a bum from my left ear, I've still not checked it out yet, it's been there for like two yeah, months You now. told me about this <laughs> ages ago, so that you were going to go to the hospital and check doctors, it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the same thing happened with me Christmas, a few, I think it was not last year, but the year before. I had a pain and I was like, I'm just going to leave it I'll for a that. few hours. And then I ended up going to A&E. And yeah, they were like, well, you either have an infection or cancer. But we checked for an <laughs> infection and there's nothing there. So go book an appointment with your GP. And I was like, sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. We're useless, aren't they? <laughs> Whenever I go to the hospital, they never give me a direct answer. Yeah. We're like, we don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay, then. I, I think the worst part is they were like, well, it's either one of two things. You either have cancer or an infection, but it's not an infection. And I was just there like going, <laughs> I'm sorry, could you say that again? <laughs> but it turns out nobody knows what it is. It wasn't cancer. It wasn't an infection. It it was a very odd thing. But yeah, so I do think that this is a very important discussion to have. We are back uh, again because a bunch of stuff happened, and yeah, we're very unorganised during this podcast. And it represents our real life. Basically. Yes, <laughs> I feel like that's been what's going on in my uni life. Exactly. Because like every time we get like a certain assignment, I will sometimes forget it because we don't get it that often. <laughs> I am very bad at that, but hopefully it should turn out all right. Now, I thought personally for me, I don't think my problems with my self body image came from social media, and it came from something that happened in my own childhood, which was quite scarring. I would have to say. I don't really remember it, but I do have the effects of what happened. And luckily I've worked through them and I'm okay now. That's good then. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw, I saw your face kind of getting concerned. I was like, oh, okay, what's happening? But um, I've told you about it before. I think you have, yeah. Yeah, and I probably won't go into it in depth on this podcast. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was because thinking, it I was is, talking, so. uh, I, th I feel like people would probably think that was quite bad and then they would try and search me up and <laughs> the person who did it. But uh, it's nothing terrible. Nothing really awful happened, to be honest. Um, but it did have an effect on me later in life. When you have an experience in your childhood, you often end up repressing it. This has been... I mean, yeah. I know Freud talked about this a lot, but Freud... Uh, his, yeah, his research was 
it's unqualitative as in you can't find you can't actually research it you can't do anything to find whether it's true or you can't find anything to support it for evidence wise now his repression idea i do like because you do find that in your life if you have a negative experience you tend to repress it that's probably true yeah yeah and i mean there are chemicals in the body that can do the same thing so for females if you give birth there are chemicals in place to make you forget the pain of childbirth. Like, if you remember the pain of childbirth, you'll probably never have kids again. <laughs> Although, in a few years' time, when you have screaming children running around, you may not want to have kids again. <laughs> but, yeah. So, a lot of the mem- childhood memories are kind of repressed. But I do know that there are effects from th- events that happened in my childhood that have bled into my f- a future adult life. So, this one in particular made me very self-conscious when I didn't have that many clothes on. Yeah. So, like, swimming, uh, so swimwear. Like short shirt. Yeah. yeah, so, like, a short sleeve shirt. I couldn't wear shorts for a very long time. I don't really wear shorts often. Yeah. Just, just because I've got loads of leg hair. I, I, I do love shorts, <laughs> but only when it's really hot. But yeah. in Britain, it's mostly rainy. So... Oh, <laughs> so much, I love the rain. Yeah, I, I don't wear them too often. But I feel like I have worked through that, and every time I look in the mirror now, I am more damn even though i am about average so this is me saying that personally social media hasn't had an effect on my own self-image now i know that this is different for everybody but childhood events have had more of an effect on my own self-image than social media yeah. uh would you say about the same i'd say with our generation because we like when we were six for example instagram didn't exist it wasn't really a problem for us. It was kind of other stuff that kind of caused us problems. Yeah. Now, this generation, so people who are like 10, 11 years old who have kind of grown up with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I reckon will kind of have the bigger problems kind of relating to body image from these platforms. Because yeah. like when they're younger, because they're younger, when they're finding these um, platforms, they're more likely to be psychologically affected because obviously when they're younger, we kind of know less information, like what's right or wrong, and think that... But I don't, I don't know, like, the normal image for a person is what you see on Instagram when in reality, that's kind of yes. like a, a skewed image. And I think um, you were telling me something a few months back now about um, people who do bodybuilding. And oh, yeah. it's like uh, the other form of anorexia. A bigorexia. So, uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Well, well um, there's this bodybuilder called Rich Piana. So, yeah. he obviously, he used to lift lots of weights, compete in shows and stuff. And he made a brand called The 5%. Brand. He was quite rich off of it, he was a millionaire, but he had obviously to compete at that level, you need to take supplements like not just supplements, yeah. but like steroids and testosterone. So, okay, um, Rich Piano took these steroids and stuff, but obviously, he wasn't always necessarily going to be bigger than the other people on the stage. And obviously, you kind of feel self conscious that you're never the biggest person, so you always have to get bigger. So, yeah. you don't look at yourself and think, I've made good progress, you look at yourself and think, Oh, damn, I'm not I'm nowhere near what I should be, kind of thing. Yeah, of course. Because naturally you can't get as big as you can without taking steroids. Of course, like with steroids you can get like huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you s- tend to see a lot of bodybuilders who are using steroids and performance enhancing drugs in that department and end up getting massive. And so, yeah. yeah, they end up comparing themselves. And I think rather than social media, it's more the fact that it's offering a platform to compare yourself to others. I feel like another thing is that because... Um, there's kind of no rules in place with these bodybuilding shows to do with like taking steroids or not. Obviously, if some someone's going to take it and they'll be better than you, so you've got to out them by also taking it. So it's yeah. just kind of 
that kind of nature. And I feel like the shows can make like a natural show where it could test you to make sure that all the competitors are not using any drugs. 100%. And I think it, the kind of starting board for this would be to have that discussion within that media, which I don't think they are having right now. Actually, I think there's a YouTuber called Nick Show okay. from Power One. He's yeah. like kind of the voice of bodybuilding. He talks lots about the different bodybuilders, different news and stuff. And he's kind of talked about it himself a bit. And yeah. It kind of makes the younger generation more aware of bodybuilding and nice. what it is and like, yeah. make a general interest to it. Yeah. Because it doesn't just affect the bodybuilders during that. Because, I mean, back at oh, our yeah. school, pretty much every guy started going to the gym taking protein <laughs> like i i know one guy who was taking protein powders pretty much every hour <laughs> not not just I, I know you're pointing at yourself but not just you i don't get um, protein anymore because yeah. my body responds better to like kind of solid protein foods yeah. like fish chicken yeah like um like chicken is an amazing source of protein uh i personally don't eat chicken myself oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah um yeah same here uh <laughs> But it's a lot of things go wrong with protein powder because yeah. they are full of sugars oh, yeah. and artificial stuff. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of them, some of them don't tell you because they don't have to. And they do, but it's in very, very small writing. Yeah. And, but the sugar is, loads, is yeah. the one thing oh, yeah. <laughs> that causes fat. Uh, studies have shown that it's not actually fat that causes fat, surprisingly enough, and that low-fat stuff has more sugar in it. Sugar, because it can't be only a tiny amount of it can be actually be digested properly by your body. When you get an over amount of it, which is pretty much very easily nowadays with the amount of sugar yeah, stuff going, of sugar, yeah. I mean, um, Doritos, like a single pack oh, yeah. of Doritos, has eighteen grams of oh, sugar. Damn, in I feel it. guilty. Oh, so that's like three and a half sugar cubes. It's more than I had a multi-pack of crisps myself <laughs> and a Benjo's tub of ice cream. I, I claim myself to be a person. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, honestly, it's it's fine. As long as you're happy within yourself, that's I've all right. I've got a fast metabolism, so I can like, eat what I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. Might stop in a few years, I've been told. Yeah. Uh, hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> think, like, yeah, I've, that is a self When parents start to gain weight, you think, damn, that's when you're going to be Yes. <laughs> um, but sugar has been shown to cause more fat more weight gain and so not only that but it has uh, varying effects on your blood sugar levels which affect your mental health well-being which i'll get into in another episode it depends actually how it's used because if, if like you're doing lots of cardio sugar wouldn't sugar be kind of converting to energy it would be burnt yeah. up if you're just not doing much exercise at all then it kind of just be sort of fat yeah and especially because well, most people aren't, you know, running marathons. Well, and even yeah. when you are, sugar isn't the best thing to have. Neither is an energy drink. Energy drinks are the worst it's thing like, to have if you're exercising. Energy. Like, it's yeah. energy there, but you can have, like, a, like yeah. a come down. You, yes. You, you, like, you, like, get, it's a sudden yeah. burst. Exactly. It's like if you sniffed cocaine, you would have this sudden burst of energy, but you don't see professional athletes That's taking like, cocaine. It's the best drink. It's like, yes. I've noticed when I first started drinking water, like, regularly, I was like, oh, this is boring. Yeah. Now I've got to the point where I actually enjoy the taste of water. Yes. I can actually taste differences in, like, certain brand of water, which is yeah. quite... I have different. been doing research into water recently. Um, <laughs> mainly because my dog was itching quite a bit. Is it certain brands? And so it I've was it's quite controversial. Yeah, but he was itching, and it was. We found out it was because of the pollen, so it was nothing to okay. do with water. But it did get me into looking at different types of water filters, because we have an enagic water machine, basically filters out a bunch of these chemicals, adds in hydrogen, and 
turns the water into like an alkaline so that kind of thing and the science that we were shown when we got this did seem all right but the only issue is after i've looked more into it now is that it's not actually the alkalinity that determines how healthy the water is for you and it's more about the hydrogen that gets put into it so there's this dr paul i can't remember his last name i have mentioned him before occasionally and he talks about adding hydrogen to water says that alkaline water can cause dogs and cats and animals to even though it does help them because of the uh chemicals taken out of the water and the hydrogen added in that can help with a lot of diseases that they have but the alkalinity can cause them to gain more kidney stones so we've got him on tap water but he does sell a machine that puts hydrogen into water which is very good i would recommend that and um was it just like any water filter really is good because the amount of chemicals get put into water nowadays is unreal we really should especially yes so you have chlorine to clean it you have fluorine put in we still don't really know the effects of fluorine i read somewhere that apparently the water system that's connected to lincoln is i think some of the worst kind of yeah water in the whole country yeah it's it's not not clean is it yeah there are some places in the world where you can't drink the tap water because (laughs) the amount of heavy ions that are in them i don't drink tap water personally it tastes toxic to me yeah i always buy bottled water yeah I mean, with bottled water, you have BPA. So you're pretty much going to die no matter what you have. That's that's an important message that I want to put out today. You are, We're all going to die, but look after yourself, be happy. Yeah. Now, um, social media-wise, how do you think that influences people's own idea on their own body? Because it seems like a very far-fetched thing to say that this external thing can have such a major impact on people, but it does. Exactly. So, like with Instagram, for example, there's the trending page, and let's say um, you search for a certain person on Instagram, and lots of their content, like you like, for example, so you leave a like on their content. So let's say, I don't know, like a protein-based account, you like lots of their posts, you start getting promoted, yeah. lots of those similar content you're suggested slash trending like page. So you yeah. start seeing it come up in your feed and you, you, it kind of has some sort of psychological effect on you because you're seeing these people are like in good shape or um, who are living these healthy lifestyles and it kind of does probably do something to you mentally if you've seen this yeah. and you think, is that how I'm meant to be or is that what I need to do to look like that or is that even possible? It, it can yeah. make you think that it's normal when it probably isn't normal. I couldn't agree more. And I think um, there's a lot of false advertising that goes around as well. Yeah. So health professionals are even paid to promote a product. So I think there is some um, doctors and very famous health professionals going around saying that this milk and dairy product actually improves your the amount of fat you have and will make you healthy, will reduce the amount of fat you have, make your body this ideal version of yourself. And I think that's very important to know because saying that this will make you your ideal version, and I just put quotation marks there. It's quite subjective. Yes. Because the only person who can determine your ideal version of you is yourself. And exactly. people are deciding it for you. And especially when you're in a place of expertise, it kind of influences you even more. So you're more likely to believe somebody who's an expert in the field than somebody who's just this dumb person who knows nothing about it, so me. And um, but basically, this dairy product had no effect on your body whatsoever. Nothing. 
they just had a bunch of additives in it and they were like, yeah, we're going to try and sell this product on the basis. So it's like a placebo where yeah. it has no effects. No, it has no effects. Like yeah. And so capitalism works if people are unhappy with themselves. Because if people were happy with their body, nobody would go and buy that product. <laughs> and it's this strange uh, world culture, because it's pretty much all around the world, that feeds buys people's insecurities and promotes that yeah and so that's where social media comes in if you look at like the makeup industry for example lots of people like lots of money generated from like makeup or setting up with clothes so like some people might be kind of made to feel i don't know like <coughs> worse off if you don't have a certain brand of clothes so yeah buying a brand of clothes and obviously that kind of contributes to the economy so yeah yeah it's it's crazy and i don't understand it's the same thing that happens with schools because in Britain we wear school uniforms quite a lot and they don't often allow us to wear our own normal clothes yeah, and one of the main reasons for this is because for those families that can't afford uh, proper clothes which is awful another thing that we need to talk about um, they don't get the best brands of clothes and it seems to cause bullying among students even though people aren't naturally mean to everybody, all of a sudden, with the ability to promote this to everybody on this large and targeted scale amount, same thing that happened with Brexit, with the um, Cambridge Analytica, it was micro-targeted advertisements to people. Oh, yeah. And... Obviously, Boris Johnson with his £350 million pounds of his yeah. chess claim. <laughs> apparently, he got sued over it. He's been taken to court over it. Really? Yeah, because he's winning for Prime Minister, because obviously she's going to step down yeah. today, like, officially today. Yeah. Um, so Boris Johnson's a contender, but obviously the other contenders are trying to, like, dig up dirt on him so they can obviously oh, yeah. become leader. Um, politics is a major institute of this micro-targeting and emotionally charged arguments. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, back with uh, when America first split from Britain, with the Founding Fathers, they kind of understood this. So George Washington wanted a parliament based with one political party of many people with different views. Now America has Republicans and Democrats and all that lot. I feel like with America, each with conflicting views. I feel like with America, there's lots of parties, but there's only like really two parties that will ever actually win on general election. Yes. So it's not really like kind of diverse in the respect where it's actually yeah. really matter. It's either one or the other. Yeah. But like with the UK, although like with many we have. <coughs> Labour and Conservative governments. We have had liberal, like liberal governments before, like the, the nineteen, like the eighteen hundred, yeah. like the Whig Party as well. But people like don't really remember that. So yeah, it was a long time ago, <laughs> exactly. and now it's always dealt in extremes. And I also, f I also, I'm just going to take a little step back from the okay. social media. I feel like this episode's more about politics right now, to be <laughs> honest. But it's. Is this point of when people start talking about, I mean, especially like the right, they're talking about how the left, I mean, the left talks about the right as well, but the right talk about how the left is a detriment to the country, like their policies wouldn't work, they would drive it into the ground even further. So a lot of conservatives I know say that Labour's policies wouldn't work. Well, in the past, uh, although like my views are kind of centrist, in the past, I yeah. have done some research and if you look at the inflation charts in 1970s we had the highest inflation ever yeah and that coincidentally was Howard Wilson yeah the Labour government <laughs> however 
um, previous like Labour governments, so like Gordon Brown, Tony Blair, were kind of more centrist, which kind of more in line with my political stance. They didn't, yeah. like, they actually do well for the country. If you look at the GDP graph, GDP was growing at its highest rate ever. Yeah. Whilst now it's at, like it's so low, but it's below the two percent mark, which is the benchmark that most economists say is what's required to be classed as good. And I think yeah. it's one point one percent growth rate each year. And some experts reckon that within the next year or so, we're going to be in the minuses where we won't be improving. We'll just be going like that, yeah. like stagnating. Um, I think China's got like the fastest growing rate at the moment. Yeah. So, like, although like we're the I think fifth or sixth richest country th- in the world, our yeah. economy like our GDP is still going down. Yeah, I think with China, the only reason their economy is able to grow so fast is because of cheap labour. And they're able to replicate what everybody else does, but for a cheaper price. So they have cheap access to resources, cheap labour. They're able to pump these things out amazingly efficiently. So it's not the best of uh, places to kind of be raised in and all that lot. And, but it has an amazing economy for those exact reasons that make it a little less than the standards people are used to in uh, the first inter- world. Interestingly enough, my economics essay i was um required to write about how gdp has like links to mental health and stuff yeah so that kind of ties in with what we're talking about today yeah, yeah. and um i found that although in the uk gdp like this was taken from a few years ago status was so it's not necessarily relevant to now although gdp was showing it was going up ever so slightly um it didn't take into account like the crime rates and stuff and apparently Money earned from like crimes and stuff, so like drugs and stuff, actually does contribute to the GDP. So some could say, "Oh, GDP is increasing," but then if you look at it from the other perspective, crime rates are contributing to the GDP increasing. Yeah. So like you could argue, well, although GDP is like going up, it doesn't necessarily correlate to people being happier because obviously yeah. crime rates are going up as well. People are going less happy, so it doesn't necessarily correlate to well-being. Yeah. Because I think I read that an estimated eight percent of money earned in the UK is from illegal activities, and that yes. contributes to the economy. And it's like I said earlier, capitalism only works if people are unhappy with themselves. And this is the major part where social media comes in, because it allows that micro-targeted advertising to people to tell them that they shouldn't be happy with their bodies. Which, um, it did stem, I mean, we'll go into this a little later, that uh, body image actually stemmed a little further back from social media. But with the act- the creation of the internet, which was like, I think the first uh, in the first network or something like that was created uh, fifty years ago on the sixth of June. What was it? Yeah, uh, I read that. Yeah, it's it's crazy actually, because that's fifty years of progress, and look where we are now. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, But with the creation of media, we are able to further political and advertising games so we're able to so if people are looking at uh, images of other famous people they will get recommended those so if you start looking at celebrities who are being airbrushed you'll get more of the same type of images i think um, i was telling you earlier that uh, celebrity jamila jamil she is an incredible inspiration um and she's on the good place for those who don't know she was talking about how the women who are airbrushed and all that lot, it creates this ideal that feeds into people's insecurities and all this lot. Yeah. So if a little girl's there, like her maybe 15 years old, 
is sat there looking on her Instagram, seeing all these women who are being airbrushed and all that lot, it creates this ideal in their head that that's what they should look like. Yeah. But no matter what they do, they will never reach that because it creates this... It's basically anorexia and bigorexia. They believe that they aren't at that point. So I've known people who are very... who were... Uh, just a tiny bit bigger than the average, which is not. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're healthy and happy, you are fine. Bigger in terms of like, like muscle or body weight. Uh, body weight. Oh yeah. And so they just they were thinking to themselves that this isn't how they should be. They should be thinner, and so they started eating less and exercising. And then when they were thinner, they still saw themselves as this big person. And it's really harmful because it starts to flip the other way. So everything that we have comes in balance. Exactly. So uh, same thing goes for anything. <laughs> and, um, and so they will see themselves as big. As they get thinner and thinner, they will see themselves as still big. Because that's who they originally perceived themselves as when they started getting these... Um, these impressions from social media. I feel like that's one aspect of how it can happen, but obviously name calling like school and yeah, like home environment could also contribute more. So yeah. like, let's say you've got parents that are kind of like um, condescending and say, look, you need to lose weight. The child might think I'm overweight, I need to deal with this. They might always yeah. have that thought in their mind. It creates this unrealistic ideal that they will never be able to attain until they realise that the only person whose opinion really matters is their own. And it's really sad, and I think uh, with females it ends up being about this anorexia. And so they end up getting thinner and thinner, because they keep being told that their beauty is the only thing that ends up mattering. So, same with Jamila Jamil, when she was younger, she had the same issue. She was told throughout her entire life that the only thing that matters about her is that she has a pretty face, and that she's really attractive. Um, when she was younger, she, uh, I think she was saying she didn't have that many friends, and so she watched TV, that's how she became an actress, which is amazing. Um, I feel like but, what, what yeah. we need is um, awareness campaigns, so if people are taught in school about airbrushing on Instagram, and like types of how these sort of issues can stem in the first place, it makes people more aware, because obviously yeah. social media is inevitable, it's always going to be there, and it's, like you can't get rid of social media. So instead of getting rid of something like like it's always going to be there, you may as well try and make people more aware about yes. how to kind of deal with it, and also t- make parents more aware how they can target like tell their kids whether to use, they should be allowed to use certain websites at, yeah. at certain ages. So it it is an important thing. It's part of it is about the people on social media need to realize the effect that they have on everybody else, but you can't control everybody. So we need to teach children maybe at a young age and all the way through their life, that it is important to look after yourself. And I think it is also important to make a very big distinction between health and body weight, because the two are completely separate things. I have known people who are bigger than the norm, who who would have like a large uh, body weight of fat, and but they are completely healthy. They're healthier than a lot of skinny people because skinny doesn't equal healthy. Yeah, I used to be really skinny. I hated yeah. it. I, when I was six, I looked like I was three. When I was ten, I looked like I was five. Yeah, because I've always been tall. I've looked tall, yeah. but I've been, I used to be really skinny, so it looked quite yeah. strange. Yeah, it's, it's those type of things 
that you link together. And so you feel that if you are skinny, you'd be healthy, because that's what you have been told. And so back in before social media and the internet was created, you had the social norm that women were a little bit bigger because, I mean, biologically speaking, and this is evolutionary psychology, which again is very controversial because people don't like being told that everything that they do is determined by their genetics, which it isn't. I just want to point that out. I think it's environment and and genetics. It's a combination of the two. So it's not each individual, it's how they interact together. And I would agree with you there, Brandon. It's genotype, they're combined. Genotype is the actual genetic, and then the phenotype is how it interacts with the environment. Oh yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the word I was thinking. It's mainly genetics. How the environment can play a small role. So like yeah. obviously diet. So yeah. let's say if I had a really bad diet, I might be like one inch smaller. Have if I had a really good diet, I'd be potentially yeah. one inch taller. Hundred percent. But I don't think it's like a huge difference. But it's still, it's never yeah, like hundred yeah. percent one x. Because you have a minimum and maximum defined yeah. by your genetics, and so you can be anywhere within that, which is crazy. And you can choose to activate certain genetics with what you eat. There have been studies that have shown this, which is amazing. And so it can yeah. be at any point in your lifetime as well. So it's like people who go to the gym, so like, oh, everyone can work out, but then some people have got, like, genetics hold them back from achieving certain yeah. results, because obviously the environment is good because they're trying to improve themselves, so yep. the genetics will hold them back, so it might have, like, smaller arm structure or bone structure, Yeah. so it means if they gain muscle, it's less visible, and less, like, or yeah. stuff like that. Now, I'd like to ask you, what was your reasoning and th- first thought of going to the gym? Like, where did that kind of stem from? Well, when I first, I think when I was around... 16 or 17 I've noticed like lots of other people going to the gym and they like started making progress and like gains and stuff and yeah. I thought well I'm not like big or anything well I was tall but I was quite like really skinny at the time so I thought I mean I could do something about that and obviously it would get me out of the house and it's good obviously running doing exercises could produce some yeah. things to the body so I thought it would be a win-win and obviously the only thing that was really holding back was like gym membership cost and stuff like when I started like looking at it more I started thinking well it's probably worth it so I actually got a gym membership and actually really enjoyed it there but I think that wasn't the only reason I think TV programs could have made me I don't know unconsciously feel yeah. like I need to go to the gym yeah because um, like you said when you first talking about that you saw other people going there yeah and even though there were other factors in there your first thought for your reasoning instantly jumped to other people now yeah. that could be like an unconscious thing I Quite an advocate for yeah, the like, well, it was a good thing and obviously yeah. everyone wants to like be in good shape like, I feel like the idea would be quite muscly yeah and a, a lot of the guys in school uh not really you because you uh you're kind of you going to the gym kind of turned from getting these gains to being healthy well, i would actually, say a bit so more like, is it still about 50 50 at the moment i mean i don't i sometimes i'll go to the gym like six days a week yeah other times i go like once a week so this week I've only been once so far, but I'm probably going to go again later or tomorrow. Yeah, but I, I would say to you, because out of every conversation that we've had, you're kind of starting to shift a bit more over to the healthy side of it all, rather than this ideal body image. Um, so for me, I know I could, I could recognise what's attainable naturally, because yes. I'm kind of aware of how everything works, because I've like, watched loads of videos, like YouTube videos on it, and lots of yeah. research, so I'm not like easily scooed to believe something's natural and it's not. Yeah, but it's just so, like the personal yeah. like a goal would be to like go more often. Yeah, so. 
So you did use... That's actually an interesting point because social media, even though exactly. it does YouTube. seem to show this... It does also help. Yeah, it also, if you look at the right people, you tend to see what is natural. And I feel like those sides of social media should be promoted more than the fake sides. There's a YouTuber called Kenny Kieran. He exposes uh, fake natural. So yes. people that basically hop into gear, which is a slang term for steroids, and then get big in a short period of time, film their transformation, and then say, look, look what I did. I followed this plan, and I used these supplements. Come and buy my supplements, and you'll get the same results. But in yes. reality, we use steroids, and that's how we get lots of money from it. But this yeah. YouTuber exposes them, and then calls them out, and then usually very responsible yeah. or admits it or something. That's amazing, because that also, again, shows that they're just trying to sell a product. Exactly. And they don't realise how massive an effect they have on young young people. And it's crazy because they have this power over people and they don't even realise it. And again, like you said, it is this point of we need to teach people at a young age that there is a difference between the health of a person and the body image. We also need to teach them what is the actual natural part of it. I think and, it also kind of goes away because if you go to the gym, you're releasing endorphins into your like body so it makes you feel happier so you can argue yeah. that working out would make you feel mentally better and I feel like when I started working out I started feeling better mentally because I yeah. felt like more accomplished like yes I'd, I'd been to the gym and obviously I felt happier because of endorphins yeah. so I feel like it kind of does also work both ways in some way but obviously yeah. it depends like how you're getting those results like if you're starving yourself obviously that's not healthy because you're not doing any exercise and good diet however if like you're have a good training routine and you've got a decent diet then it's fine in my opinion yeah. so I think it depends on how you you approach losing weight or gaining muscle yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, diet is an important part of it as well yeah because i think a lot of people think that they will jump on all these like fads and it's like do this diet for a week and then you can go back to your normal stuff it doesn't work that way because you have to change your lifestyle because if you were doing this uh diet just for a week say um i mean oh, some of them do help a little bit but i think it was the, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically where you don't eat within certain amount of times and it Is tricks it intermittent your... fasting? Yeah, that's it. Intermittent fasting. And it basically tricks your body into thinking that you're fasting so you get all the benefits. I think I do that, actually, without meaning yeah. to. Because my sleeping pattern is quite dodgy at the moment. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll probably be asleep like, for a long period of time and then I'll probably eat an eight-period gap and just don't really eat for the rest of the time. Yeah. It's, it's very weird. And I think that you have to change your lifestyle rather than your diet. And, um, I mean, I went through a period where I stopped being hungry in the morning. I don't eat breakfast. Yeah. I wouldn't end up eating till 12 o'clock. So it was basically this intermittent fasting. I did that by accident. (laughs) But it was what my body was telling me to do. Yeah. And so I I am a massive advocate of listening to your body. So spend, like, even if it's just 10 minutes every week, just sitting down, doing some meditation, and actually listen to your body. Because your body will tell you if you don't like something. I think that's how I ended up finding out I was lactose intolerant. Because, I mean, I didn't listen to it at first. But every time... Well, I could be, I but I'm never yeah. going to stop eating yeah. ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't, it's funny, because I can have certain types of ice cream. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's weird. I can have certain types of ice cream, Yeah. but I can't have milk. And I can have cheese, but only certain I types of yogurt cheese. yogurt certainly off more. Yogurt. Yeah. Like, although, obviously, it's kind of made with milk. Yeah, it's really strange how it all works. But you do have to listen to your body and let you know what actually helps you and what all that stuff does. Because 
Okay, so for example, the other month or so, I was looking at the benefits of green tea. I now, for, that. Yeah, green tea is extremely healthy. Um, you know, benefits of green tea. I've actually read somewhere, because my mum was telling me this the other day, because I used to drink it loads. She was like, Brandon, I actually read something the other day that actually like, shows some sort of scientific study that shows the opposite of that, and that drinking too much green tea isn't actually good because it kind of gives your body too much of a certain chemical mm. or something which isn't meant to be. So yeah. I don't apparently someone dies from it so really? it's kind of it's got pen benefits of drinking it but yeah also having too much of it just like having yeah. much of anything is not going to be good but there is also the other thing of if there i mean i only figured this out after i started feeling down so i started drinking green tea and it was amazing it tasted great i love it um but i started getting less and less energy yeah started feeling very down on myself i started looking at myself in the mirror and kind of thinking okay i'm not the best it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't really. It's more apathetic rather than uh, negative towards myself. Yeah, so like I could improve, but I'm still yeah. like kind of thing. Yeah, where usually I'd look in the mirror and think, "I look good. I like it." But it depends. Like I think bathroom mirror lighting is obviously yeah, just yeah. <laughs> like when you just had a shower and you get out the shower and like, you see your chest and you like yeah, I've done one like that would yeah. look good. But then like, like the following morning when you just look at yourself, you look like yeah. like when I'm sitting down now, I look like I've got a bit of a. Belly, I want to stand up. It's like yeah. <laughs> I I really love beards. So when beard. I get out of the shower, like I love it when I get like droplets coming off my beard. Personally, I That's hate having facial hair. So like I try and like shave yeah, yeah. it off. Like, I do know it's different for everybody. Yeah, I, I like it when it's like kind of like this, like fade it. You can see that if you outline it. But I don't like it goes bushy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it suits you, but it doesn't suit yeah, yeah. all my I look like a baby without a beard. <laughs> um, I once accidentally sneezed while shaving, and it just went shh. And uh, yeah, that was a bit of ASMR shh there. But um, it kind of just shaved straight off and I had to shave it all. But um, it's I noticed that I was having less energy. My mental health was declining. And so I stopped drinking it and it started getting better. So I started researching. I was like, what could this be? So I listened to my body first and then I started going into the research. And turns out there is a chemical in green tea which can slow down the absorption, absorption I think that was, of yeah. iron. And that was what I... Yeah. Thought. And it basically makes you absorb less iron. And I have naturally low iron. I think I do. Anemia. Is it anemia? Anemic. Like, I think yeah. I was borderline that when I was younger. So yeah. now I kind of hedge my diet more towards yeah. certain foods. So I kind of dodged that. And also iron tablets as well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think there's another... Was it vitamin C? Or, yeah. I think it's like a vitamin that kind of goes hand in hand with yeah. iron, which is good. Um, yeah, I think vitamin it's vitamin C. C helps yeah. with it. But when I was younger, I had a virus. Doctors didn't really know what was going on. And I had a virus, had another virus after that, then another virus, had an allergic reaction to that type of virus, because apparently you can be allergic to viruses. Yeah, then I had another virus because my immune system was shot because of the allergic reaction, had an allergic reaction to that virus as well, then I had, you know, an allergic reaction to the allergic reaction to the virus, and so my immune system... Just went. I think that's what happened to my pet cat. Yeah. I think she like went out one day and she came back and she was itching. And then I think at one point like she, yeah. got, she lost lot like something happened to her where she felt ill. And then she started like over grooming, so she lost lots of fur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think we took her to the vet and we, like we gave her like some sort of like the thing to help her. But then I think she she did something else. I think she was actually allergic to the treatment. Yeah. She's got like a weird like 
I think rare. Different, that's different. Yeah, yeah. So I think my mum had to actually pay them extra to make a certain pres- like <laughs> prescription, so it yeah. actually work, and it's finally worked after a year. Yeah, so that's that's good. I'm yeah. glad your cat's okay. Well, I do love it. Took a year, like, and the cat really died as well. Like, lost well, so much for her. Yeah. Oh, bless it. Well, I'm kind of lucky that I didn't lose any of my fur to this, <laughs> but um, there wasn't really any treatment for it because my immune system just completely went. It's like, you know, when somebody goes on chemo, their oh, immune yeah, system just leaves. Yeah. Their immune system goes. They have If they get ill, they can die from a cold. It, it was really bad. And um, so I've had to slowly build that up. And ever since then, my like uh, iron was down. Uh, vitamin C doesn't down. I mean, um, human body doesn't create vitamin C naturally because we get that from fruits. Because when we were evolving... Oh, yeah. Uh, we spent a lot of times around, you know, mangoes, oranges, oranges and yeah. all these vitamin C high fruits. And so that's how we get our vitamin C. So yeah. if you're taking vitamin C, take a uh, slow release one. So it's one that releases throughout the day because yeah. that way, and it helps with, uh, if you cut yourself, it helps with the blood and all that. Like, it's not yeah. necessarily, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because it doesn't necessarily help with the immune system, vitamin C. Vitamin D helps with the immune Is system. Is that what you get from the sun? Yeah. Yes, but you can't necessarily get all your amount of vitamin D from the sun, especially if you're in Britain and it's <laughs> raining right now, so it's very fitting. Um, but it's this vitamin. Yeah. Also. So I was. Yeah, so thank you, Bradton. I I really get into these random tangents. Yeah, I'm like half in, half out. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of like. <laughs> like make sure I kind of remember what the original point was and kind of yeah, into it. it's crazy. This is uh, the first podcast episode we're recording right yeah. now, so hopefully they should improve. Um, but I listened to my body, realized that I should stop drinking green tea. Everything started getting better from then on. I do take iron supplements, spartone because it's liquid, so it's not yeah. really the tablet, and it helped a lot. And for this something that is advertised as the healthiest drink you can have. If you have an iron deficiency, don't take it because it's what suits your body. And yeah. I think the same goes with any kind of body image because you, when you start to have that dip in mental health, you start to see yourself in a different light. And that's what happened with me during that, and that's why I had yeah. to stop drinking it. Um, but like, yeah. with, with working out, it kind of also does improve your immune system because I noticed like year 10 I used to get ill loads it seemed I think at one point I was off for like three weeks yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, ever since I started like doing something physical so like going to the gym and doing more exercise it feels like my body's kind of immune system's kind of got better because obviously when you work your muscles out it kind of like aches and yeah. it kind of gets bigger and I feel like the whole like, going to the gym does actually help your immune system so although like working out too much isn't good mentally it yeah. does help your immune system and could help you physically and mentally to some extent. I'm really bad with remembering the names of studies. I'm, well, I'm good at remembering names, but bad at actually remembering the study itself. Yeah, but I'm good at remembering the studies, but not the <laughs> oh, names. So that's useful. I feel like if we join teams, we'd be able to do great with this, but unfortunately, we can't take exams together. I, mean, I actually think <laughs> one of the psychology papers in paper three actually made up a study because they didn't know it. And yeah. I, I think I got away with it. I really call, you actually, made up a study. I, I, I love it so much. I used my surname. You uh, used your own surname. I don't think it looked good. Do you know what paper? But no. I, I wrote about uh, it. This was the paper, like paper three. I didn't really know anything about it. I still got seen that paper, even though like paper one and two have also yeah. seen. But I worked a lot harder for those. So I think it can just be your way through A levels. I love that so much. Unless it's science and maths. That's amazing. Oh my god. Geography as well, GCSE. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I know. I actually yeah. passed it when I was predicted to fail it. That's, That's impressive. Especially when, oh, 
school. That's an oh, important yeah. part as well with uh, your own self body image. And I think it's not only just self body image, but it's your self worth. Because the two kind of entwine themselves together. So you start to feel that if your body doesn't look, you know, like these models that are going out, these airbrushed people, then you start to feel like you you aren't a good person just because you're not attractive. And that's ridiculous. To be fair, Uh, attractiveness is kind of subjective anyway. Yeah. Obviously, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So some people can recognise like features that are like... Stereotypically attractive, but then kind of some people will say that person's really attractive. Some will say they're average, or some will say yeah. not at all. But I mean, back in school, I was told I'd never get into university, and they wouldn't look at me because of the predicted grades I had. I don't know as well. Yeah, I mean, my predicted grades were actually high. I was oh. predicted A's, B's, and I think a, a D. It's funny because the one uh, physics I got, I think I was predicted a. I think I was predicted a B. Yeah. But he was like, you might get a bit lower than that, so don't worry. And I think physics was the only one I actually really tried my hardest with, and I only got one mark above a D. Now, I, I'm still very proud of myself over that. Most people yeah, are. I mean, because... A-level, that's really impressive. Yeah. Like, science, like, especially physics. Yeah, because I'm not naturally good at that kind of stuff, but I find it so interesting. Yeah. I just spent all my time researching that. It kind of showed in my other studies that I didn't do any of the work. And to be fair, like, <laughs> you did do four subjects in sixth form. Yeah. Like, most people do three, you did yeah. four. They, so. they also tried to persuade me not to take them because I wouldn't be able to handle them. And I feel that's one of the things going wrong with education nowadays. They're telling students they can't do stuff. It's turned to, like... And it's affecting their self-worth. Like yeah. Like an example, actually, where... Yes. Obviously... Offstate inspections as well. Like if you get higher results and you get more funding from yeah. government, because we'll see your school is doing well. So I read somewhere that if you, like I think there's a good category and the outstanding category. Yes. Both like institutions get a decent amount of money to contribute towards obviously like stuff like yeah. whiteboards, laptops, computers and stuff. However, the ones that are below that don't get that money. So they strive to get better, but they can't get better because they've not got enough resources. Yeah. So the students don't get higher grades. So I watched something on TV a while ago and. I think the school had like a few offset inspections and there was one saying, look, you need to improve your school now, otherwise it would have to shut down because yep. of how bad it is. I think it was one star or zero. Yeah. Like one or zero. So I think it tried its best to improve, but obviously it didn't have enough resources. I think lots of the staff had to be fired, you know, to even like, yep. like compensate for it all. And it, in the end, it actually did close down because it didn't have yeah. enough resources for it. But I feel like it should be kind of the other way around where the schools that are struggling get more funding so they can improve yes. the ones who are already doing well get slightly less funding it's not enough so they can stay the same yeah it's um i mean our maths department in our school the funding kept getting cut so oh, yeah. one of the teachers that ended up leaving which is understandable because he couldn't help anymore he was putting his own wages into buying textbooks calculators and all the resources that these children need and all the children just re- disregarded it yeah. because they're taught that this stuff has no worth to them and the same thing, that's how people, this self-worth idea stops being so entwined with knowledge and how good a person is and more gets focused on, are you getting an amazing grade or is your body looking amazing? <laughs> because if you ask any like truly in love couple, if you ask any of them, why are you attracted to this person? You're very, re- I mean, you'll probably hear them say that they have an amazing, they look amazing, that they are the most attractive person they ever met, even if that person isn't the most attractive <laughs> person you've ever met. 
And it's because the when you get to know somebody, it kind of becomes them. And so their personality kind of writes themselves across their face and makes them more attractive. Yeah. And so it has nothing to do with how attractive you are. <laughs> it has, and social media is advertising this stuff so that they can sell it. Because if you don't tell people that they are unattractive, that this product will help you, you're not going to sell that product because they're going to be happy with how they are. And I think it's an important distinction that if you are happy how you are, continue as you are. If you are happy working in a forty hour a week job going out every weekend to just get plastered drunk, do it. Sounds like me. I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um I mean, you know Gary Vaynerchuk, he's an entrepreneur, he says that if you're happy doing that, go do it. If you aren't happy doing that, why are you doing it? And it's this very simple thing of if you're not happy, <laughs> change it. If you're happy Continue doing what you're doing. But there's like a fine line between like doing what makes you happy and also doing what's necessary to basically have lack of enough money to live on. Yeah. It's like some people will have a job if they hate it, but they need to do that job so they can like sustain the family, yeah. get resources, get enough food, so they can get enough like money so the kids like can actually go to school yeah. and like, uniform, transportation. And obviously they may hate the job but obviously the family generally will have a better lifestyle. Then again, and I'm not being cold with any of this, you can do anything you want to do really. And there are people I know, people I've seen on social media, and people I have heard stories about where they were in the same situation. They hated their job, but they had a family to support. So what they did was they started looking at every single entrepreneur. They started continue working in that job and saving as much money as they can. So they cut down on their own living style massively. And um, they found ways to create wealth in many different avenues. Not so that they become rich, so that they are able to support their family in doing something that they love. So there are people who would... So there are families that are, aren't are very well off, but instead... And they will work in a job they hate, and instead of doing anything else, when they get home, they will just complain and sit. And at the weekend, they'll go out drinking. When they could, at the weekend, perhaps a great way to do it is to go to car boot sales. Find stuff that is really cheap, especially old Nintendo games. Old Nintendo games sell for a hell of a lot and sell them. Do something in your extra time and as long as it's not putting too much strain on you and you're still happy, go for it. And then you can eventually get to that point where you're doing something you love. I think with some people, like, although, like what you said, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. I feel like um, some people literally not even have enough to do a hobby or anything like they enjoy and obviously it's, yeah. like, if you think about it let's say you're a parent you think should I let my kid have a pound pocket money so we can get some sweets or should I just do this to make myself happy kind of thing so yeah. like some, you might get it might be better if you make your kids happy than yourself happy kind of thing Yeah. and also like you might have no other option so let's say you might not have a car so you might be able to drive to these car boot sales or yeah. so it's like it depends what situation there's obviously like different kind of scales yeah there's extreme. different situations in everything so it's like being extremely poor to the point where you can barely afford stuff and yeah obviously yeah i understand that completely um so i mean same thing happened when i was younger uh that kind of the family situation was we couldn't afford a hell of a lot of stuff and so you know things happened but we eventually worked ourselves up to this <laughs> which is just you know it's standard modest yeah. house and i think that's where the issue kind of comes in that they start complaining rather than doing 
But I feel like some people might not have enough, like, might not be educated at all. So like with my mum, she was fortunate yeah. to be able to do freelance writing. However, yeah. there's not many jobs you can really do from like the leisure of your own true, home. True. Like obviously there's YouTube and stuff, but that's kind of saturated. And yeah. So it's like it's quite hard to do something without kind of being knowledgeable or somewhat like kind of skilled in certain aspects. So I feel like for the majority of people, will struggle to be a freelance writer because it's like only it's yeah. catered towards like very talented people. Yeah. But I feel like, um, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's this this is why I kind of wanted to start the podcast because I'm I have my own views and I've been raised a certain way, and I'd love to know how other people uh, think and feel about this because I am not the most educated of people about uh, this kind of, these kind of topics and so I think it's very helpful to start that discussion so that people can understand more about others and so I, I do want to thank you for doing this but I'll yeah, thank you sorry. at the end as well and I have a study here okay uh, okay this is our first study that I actually have the name to that's awesome that's so yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but, like we could watch this, like listen to this back and be like that's not correct. What was I talking? Yeah, about? we'll just what we'll do is we'll put out a mini episode if anybody uh, wants to criticize us. Also, we're like that's completely wrong. No, yeah. Actually, I do welcome criticism because if anybody has any ideas how to improve this or anything that we got wrong, please tell me. But I think I'm because otherwise I don't know. Britain joined the European Union. I think yeah. it was somewhere at seventy years, nineteen seventy three. It was somewhere at sixty nine. So like, yeah, it's it's somewhere around. So like, is it the Howard Wilson administration or the? Yeah, it could be anything. But this study, okay, it's called the impact of media exposure on males' body image. So this is for men because we are guys yeah. and we are we are very discriminative. That that's that was sarcasm. We're British. We love sarcasm. Uh, no, this is just what's important to us. This is kind of thing because it's talked less for men. That's what uh, all the studies found. They find that men kind of discuss their feelings a little bit less than often. So this is a research into that. Okay. It's done by... Oh, why are their names so... Right, I always find psychologists' names really difficult yeah, to remember. Yeah, it seems to be very strange pronouns or very yes. names. Like diversity. appearances as well. Yeah, so it's I do love... quite unusual. Yeah, I do love some of their names, though, because they're so... They're Iconic. unique. Like, Tversky is an amazing last name. This is Agiliata and Tantalaf Dunn. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, so, it's in the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology for those of you who are, you know, really into their sources. So, this is... So, they were looking at the effect of mass media onto different things. And there was little research kind of attending to the effects of media exposure on males. This is why they did the study, and this is what they found. So they got kind of 158 men and exposed them to television adverts. So this is the social media aspect of all this. And they were containing either ideal male images or just neutral images, uh, kind of put into different sections of it. So they kind of found that the guys who were exposed to the ideal body version, you know, the oh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth, you know, that type I'm of ripped sure. ads, you know, Ryan, uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you watched um, the X-Men. Yeah. yeah. yeah X-Men, uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman is a lovely guy. He's not only got, you know, the perfect body, but he's also got an amazing personality. Um, but they basically found that those guys who were shown the ideal version feel worse about themselves they kind of got significantly more depressed and had higher levels of muscle dissatisfaction 
And so this is the same thing with the bigorexia and the anorexia. They start to see themselves in a different light because they're not satisfied with how they look. So even if they get to that point, they still won't be satisfied with how they look because they've created this ideal and ideals are never attainable. So that is my study of the day. I'm guessing, could it be argued that some of these people that kind of showed that, that was it where like they're kind of less satisfied when they see these people look better? Like, yeah. Could you argue that some of those people, like there's something to do with their personality type in general that would have always responded that way? So like, could you argue it's kind of subjective to the person themselves? I suppose to, yeah. So because like, ideal yeah. body forms are kind of subjected to people as well. And is that what you kind of putting across or is um, it that that certain personalities are more likely to yeah get involved in this idea so of like, ideals there could be two people very similar like lifestyles and everything but they might have slightly different personality types some would be like oh that person's in good shape well done to them and both motivated me to also get in good shape how yeah. someone else could see that i'm like look at them they're showing off i think better than the uh, yeah. really annoyed there's like those two ways of looking at it so i feel like someone could be happy and so, like someone could, I don't know, just multiple perspectives. Yeah. I reckon. So I reckon there should have been like maybe a personality test or something carried out before the study. So perhaps that's that's actually an interesting uh, part of the study to go into, and I do I was the one do agree with that. No. <laughs> um, so the I I actually asked this question now on the on my Instagram. And I did get an answer very similar to what you were saying about um, look at them, they're showing off, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. There was somebody who said that they just don't like themselves already. And so no matter the media, they still don't like themselves. Now, this kind of does show that it's not just social media that causes these effects. Because there was some point in their life... They would have had to create this idea that they are not worth something. And so that they create this bad ideal, they create this bad idea of their own body image in their head and they can't escape it. Yeah. And um, so what do you think about that kind of thing? Bullying at school. Yeah. Um, just like the general environment they live in. Like where yeah. I live like in the country, like, I don't know, in a council state, like a rough area or if they live in a rich privileged area. That's actually a good point because um, sometimes some people will get angry at the fact that they're in this position and so they start to see others as showing off that kind of stuff. Sometimes it goes the other way, sometimes they are actually still very humble and very lovely people. Uh, it all depends upon circumstance, obviously, but you get those people who start to doubt their own self-worth by being angry at other people. And so they will seem like they love themselves and all that lot, but they hate everybody else. But it's this kind of distraction from themselves. Because there have been people in school that have hated me, but they're... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's where you project your own feelings onto something else. I'm trying to think. I think it's displacement, where you get negative feelings of something and you put it onto somebody I, else. Yeah, I think we're about it in psychology. But it's almost like they they get angry at everything. Because they are taught that they don't have self-worth. And so instead of facing the fact that they uh, they need to tackle that issue, they turn it into something else. That happens with a lot of people. So I think if we stop uh, blaming social media, and if we stop treating bad self-body image 
as a actual entity of itself and treat it as a symptom of something yeah we treat the cause of where this has come from rather than treating the actual uh, bad body image and i think that might be an interesting route to go down i'm not sure how that would work do you have any ideas on that because i mean a lot of people don't talk and especially in schools they don't really deal with these kind of problems because it's treated to yeah. determine product quality I feel like yeah people should be educated on like the concept of this occurring like um in classrooms from a young age so we'll be aware that stuff like this does happen and can happen so you can start realizing stuff from like kind of a more realistic perspective so yeah people so like you're starting to grow up thinking that things aren't going your way so you blame it on people you can kind of see hang on a minute we don't know what they're experiencing or the kind yeah. of thing so it's i feel like um people should kind of just be more like open with each other general so it's yeah. like a stigma going around that rich people are look at them they don't care about poor people at all and like some of them like well lots of rich people seem quite nice actually yes and same with poor people like there seems to be a stigma like but rich people seem to think that poor people don't care about anyone they steal they rob yeah. like all, all this stuff when in reality it's not so i feel like it's like a social divide in this country where the poor and like the rich people kind of have certain perceptions about each side when in yeah. reality we should like kind of come together and then actually see yeah it's like, almost like how when you are poor and you're a poor person you care about these issues so when you eventually get to a position where you can do something so they start their own business so jamila jamil or uh tony robbins that kind of thing they come from bad backgrounds and they get themselves up to a position that they can be heard get themselves into the discussion but then everybody else who's down there says you're in this privileged position and that you shouldn't have a say in this which is really strange because they're advocating their rights and just because that they're in a better position doesn't mean that they can't because when you're in a better position you have more power to do stuff oh, yeah, like it's a basic fact of the world if you have money yeah. you are in a better position to do things they can like go to any country whatever you want yes take time off work just quick job <laughs> yeah and it's the people with money that tend to cause the power the power imbalance it's just a natural fact of the world there's nothing wrong with it but it gets to that point where people don't know what to do because they're being told one thing and they're trying to sort out their own issues and so, especially with schools, I don't think education would be enough because, mm. I mean, if a doctor tells you, you have heart disease and go home, take these tablets and maybe change your exercise, what are you going to do? You're going to go home, take the tablets, continue <laughs> as you are. Because you think, because I mean, doctors were created to the point of you go somewhere with an illness that can be treated with medication, but with mental health, it doesn't work that simply. You really need to connect this emotional charge. So a lot like you were saying, you need to get people to open up about themselves. And, and also case studies as well. Yes. So like filmed examples of people who have gone through similar things and like people can put it on TV so you can watch it and think, oh yeah, that's interesting. Or I'm, yeah. I'm experiencing that. Or my friend did or something like that. Yeah. And it's like how I started off this with Gus. Yeah. They create this partnership where two people can be open with each other and actually have this experience of learning what it is to communicate your own feelings. Yeah. The same goes with any relationship coach. They'll tell you, so like Matthew Hussey, he tells you, you need to get your own feelings out there for this to be successful. 
because as soon as people stop talking about how they truly feel, start complaining or getting angry at everything else, it becomes this point at which discourse stops. So you can't talk to people about how you feel anymore without being labelled as this type of thing. Yeah. And especially with like older generations, they've had they've learned this their whole life that they're not allowed to talk, they're only allowed to have this one thing, and if it's not that, then it's wrong. And so if you're taught all your life that your emotions aren't worth anything, that you can't talk about them, when you get older, you're not going to be able to talk about them. It's very simple, and I, I do agree with you. They need to be educated at a young age, and I also feel that in the younger years, and they do this in another country, I can't remember which one it is. It's probably one of the Scandinavian ones. Yeah. This one, like, years ahead of us anyway. But they don't spend the first years of education dealing with education. Because a lot of things that children are taught at a young age... I mean, of course, they do reading and writing, that kind of yeah. important stuff. But a lot of things that you were taught at a young age are incorrect because they're simplified so much, they become wrong. It's like chemistry, like yes. GCSE and level. Like, like, sorry, you was wrong at GCSE. Yeah. Ionic bonding that we learned in GCSE, yeah. completely wrong when we got to A level. Like, do you know how it's like 288? Eight, eight, it changes, yeah. isn't it? Like 2818. Yeah. It's, so it's not even like that. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, the electron shells, we're taught that they're circles from oh, a young like age. Like but they're actually, they, they aren't there. They, they just disappear out of existence and then reappear people aren't sure about that yeah, that's when I kind of um, gave up with science I was like yeah. oh, I'm not going any further than level 3 yeah but, <laughs> but like, moving back onto yeah. like, mental health awareness I feel like the government should invest more money into schools so they can actually start yeah yeah because obviously the main reason why is because we're not, it's not in a curriculum it should be put yeah. into the curriculum so maybe health and social care like, it's kind of like an optional subject yes. which term, I think like 15 but they should kind of make it a subject you do when you're younger but not necessarily for me, like a, a GCSE art, but it's still kind of taught it. Yeah. So people actually are aware. And shit. I think like it should, I feel like it should be funded by the government. Yeah. And you actually reminded me. I didn't actually say what I was talking about. So in other countries, they do have this point. The younger years, they aren't taught lessons. They are dealt with by trained psychologists, that kind of thing. So they are taught how to process their emotions and how to deal with them rather than just saying you know we're going to learn stuff today and if little billy starts messing around in the corner they're going to tell him off but if little billy starts messing around in the corner there's a reason he's not paying attention to the lesson <laughs> and it's very simply because he doesn't really know how to process stuff and i think so i mean parents aren't educated on that the only reason i was turned out as well as i did and i didn't <laughs> is because my mum's um credible uh, working with people it's what she does for a living she's like um, it's almost like a, it's very hard to explain she's like a psychologist and an intuitive practitioner yeah, I was like looking at like um, some of you oh yeah that's her hypnotherapist certificate that's her counselling certificate so she's trained in like NLP uh, CBT hypnotherapy Reiki uh, you oh. know pretty much everything any job that you can think of she's done it counselling yeah uh, probably <laughs> um, but I'm going to have her on a podcast as well so at the start of this year, because I don't like New Year's rev- resolutions. I like the concept of making a positive change. Because yes. the whole idea is to make a change that will make you better. But it's just that it feels like in, in like modern times it's kind of become like, oh, let's make a New Year's resolution. Yes. Yeah. Kind of Most people create this unrealistic goal. So in psychology, we were learning about decision making and problem solving. So to solve a problem, you can one of the ways to do it is to break it down into smaller steps. So people say, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. 
that's me at the moment. But, that's, yeah. That's but saying mindset. to yourself that you're going to go to the gym three times a week, that becomes a hard task. Because you start to see yourself going, okay, I don't really have time to do this. But if you were to say to yourself, you're going to work out at least 10 minutes a week. You put this smaller task, so you break it down. So you don't just go from never working out to working yeah. out for like That's three hours actually. a week. Because um, some people like who I know have been to the gym in their lives. Yes. Like, when they're talking about working out and stuff, I'm like, oh, cool. Um, do you want, like, I can give you advice if you want, but like, I've noticed that they don't. They kind of have like have a hard time starting yeah. workouts because they've probably set like unrealistic expectations. Like, yes. I'll do it five times a week, or because they see these people who are already at this high level, and they yeah. think that they should instantly be able to go and do that. So I know some people who are very self conscious about how much they can lift, because <laughs> they see these guys who are lifting two hundred kilograms. By which body part? And a uh, deadlift. Or... Yeah, like a deadlift, two hundred kilograms. Uh, I don't know if that's a lot. I I don't reckon. I re- I don't know if it's a deadlift. I think it's just bench pressing. Must but, oh, that's too much. You know, something like that. I need to build my shoulders up because my yeah. shoulders are, like disproportionately weaker than yeah. the rest of my arms. So like, obviously, when you bench, you, know, you can't do that. Yeah. So. And so they <laughs> think that they should instantly be able to do that much, but when they get in there, yeah. they might only be able to do twenty kilograms. Yeah, I think the bar itself is twenty kilograms. Yeah. So. And so they're literally there thinking okay i'm gonna try it hard and as soon as they do it hard they're like i can't do this what's wrong with me what is wrong with yeah, like for me it's, it's my less, strength it's less about how much you can lift it's more about like the results you get from lifting yes so, like i feel like lifting let's say 40 kilograms at 20 repetitions is probably better than just lifting 100 kilograms at one repetition yes. because obviously you kind of stimulate the muscle more when like contracting it 20 yeah, times because it's one not time. really about how well there are several things you can either do more weight and one repetition, which will cause more damage to your body, really. I mean, it's good um, for, like, um, strongman yeah. competitions. Yeah. Or you can do more reps of a smaller weight. So it's easier for you to get that uh, body memory. Because the first thing that you get is your body starts to learn the memory of doing the action. So yeah. if you're doing push-ups, which is what I do, I've done 10,000 push-ups this year. I've kind of stopped at the moment because uh, it's been really sunny and I haven't needed it for my mental health. So the reason I do work out at home, do about 10 minutes a day, or maybe more if I can be asked, and it's for my mental health, not for my physicality. Yeah. Uh, I am very, uh, I'm not very fit. But well, you're uh, probably like, is body, your self body image, if you have negative views of it, that's a symptom of something. So if you're depressed, that is a symptom of something. And if you can find out what this symptom is, what the cause of the symptom is, yeah. then you can start tackling them with it. And I think that will only happen, like you said, if we start educating people and offering them help when they're younger. Help of how to deal with something going on within themselves. Yes, it helps having a friend to talk it through. And I think that's why I want to start up a society based on it. It's why I'm start going to... Do, do you have to pay to set up a society or is it free? I think it's free. And do you need like a certain amount of people to agree to join yeah, it before making it? I think it? so. There's like... I reckon I could probably p- just create a group outside of the university, but do it with partnership with the university. But it's why I'm also wanting to join the Samaritans. Oh, yeah. So that will teach me how to listen to people, probably improve these podcasts, because <laughs> I've talked a lot. Yeah, you just like, listen to them yeah. and completely do yeah. a, like, do in a reverse con. Yeah, I do think that we've done quite well. We've kind of bounced yeah. off each other's ideas. If it, if it started off a bit shaky, but... Yeah. It's, 
I feel like my computer being off does actually help. Yeah, I do agree with that. Because when, like, when it's on, we both just kept looking like, at it. I was like... <laughs> and, yeah, it's that it offers something to distract ourselves with. But, like, if you ever do get visuals, it can be, it can be like, yeah. covertly hidden. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, we have permission. So like, yeah, yeah. Know, just, like... So, it is, it is kind of one of those conversations. I think I'll probably have this discussion again as well. Yeah. Uh, so... This was kind of our first recording episode, so it may not be of the highest of qualities that we've done. I mean, the audio sounds quite good when you test Oh, yeah. Oh, I do love these microphones. And also, if Sub-Zero microphones, they want to, if they want to sponsor, yeah, I'm a sellout. Let's do it. What is referencing what combat character then? No, it's Sub-Zero, look. Uh, <laughs> writing some. somewhere. Saw it somewhere, uh, but I don't know where yeah. I saw it. It's quite interesting, to be honest. But I do feel like the important place to start is separating the idea between health and body weight and providing a place for people to talk. Yeah. I think that's very important. Do you have any final remarks you wanted to make, David? Well, yeah, just like everything we've touched on so far, like, it's definitely the government should start funding schools more, should be kind of support groups of people. Um, people should make kind of their, especially men, like, as they struggle to succeed like, emotionally, yeah. share their opinions. They should kind of be encouraged to share their opinions more, like, kind of not be seen as so called like wimpy for sharing yes. opinions. And obviously like women as well, it's not just men, it's both Oh yeah, of course. Like I gender. think women are very affected by, you know, these advertisements of airbrushing. That is their major part of it. I think it's both genders, but it's just yeah. like kind of to make it more equal, yeah. men and women should kind of both kind of recognise the yes. problem. Because like rather than like, oh you, you can deal with it. Yeah. Because there seems to be like a stigma sometimes but like if so, let's say a man falls over. It's like, oh, um, like you've got no balls. Like deal with yeah. it. Or, like get some balls. Uh, I feel like it should be kind of like, oh, you okay? It should kind of be the same for both. Yeah. Pet filters or like camera filters. Yeah. So like all the time, if we take photographs, people yeah. use filters. Like any filter, it could be like, oh, like a filter make them like lighter or like. Yeah, they're like, taught to change their appearance to make them look more appealing on social media to get more likes. Like, it's the same with everything to be fair, not just people, just like yeah. images of photography, like yeah. light, lighting has changed and stuff. Yeah, but I definitely think that men's issues are talked about less, like that study we spoke about earlier where they tested 100 odd men uh, with the television adverts. Uh, they found that the research in that department was much less than it was for females. And it's improving slightly more with females. I think there is a lot of issues, there's still a lot of ground to gain in that issue. And I think with men, we need to start making that discussion because at the moment it's not really being done. We really need to get into this habit of talking about how we feel and not just talking about how I feel, but how we should process it. Well, not should, but how we can process it and how we can start to deal with it. Because there's one thing just talking about issues. There is another thing actually doing something to help. So creating a foundation like Gotcha for Life by uh, Gus or doing something like the Samaritans, it's an amazing thing to do. Exactly. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty good. It is. 